my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Happy Full House Friday, everyone. Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. Well, today I am finishing up the Best Friends series with Season 4, Episode 5's Good News, Bad News. This episode aired October 19th, 1990. In this episode, DJ becomes editor of the school newspaper and faces backlash when she appoints Kimmy to a position which she is unqualified. That is the understatement of the year. She makes Kimmy, and it's the weirdest thing is the fact that this is the only position on the paper that hasn't been snapped up, which makes me think there's no way that some of the guys on the paper wouldn't have snapped this up immediately. Sports editor. You got Jake Bitterman on the paper. You got some other boy that was at DJ's 13th birthday party, a blonde-haired kid. One of them would have taken that. It just it, it galls me that that position still would have been available, or maybe they just hadn't found the right person to fill it. But for the fact that someone who doesn't play sports doesn't watch sports unless they're ogling, you know, checking out, you know, the, the guys and whatnot, which is pretty much what Kimmy does, <laughs> we'll get to that. But it just, it just it doesn't make sense. And the thing is, she may be editor, but why is she the one that's doling out the positions? That would be the teacher in charge of the paper. DJ may be editor, but she's not. I mean, come on. That's that's a lot of a uh, major undertaking. But anyway, we got 7.0 out of 10 based on 268 ratings. Guest starring, we have Christian Guzek as Jake Bitterman. He, the last thing he was in was in 1991. He played Gerald in Dollface, or Dollman. Something called Dollman. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, the cartoon, which was, I think it was on Fox Kids growing up, same as Bobby's World. Uh, 21 episodes from 1990 to 91. He played Chad Finletter slash Tomato Chad. I'll have to check that out. He was in an episode of Married with Children, Season 6, Episode 4, Cheese, Cues, and Blood. Jake Bitterman from 1990 to 91. First episode in Season 3, of course, 13 Candles. Then you have Season 4 with Good News, Bad News, and then Girls Just Want to Have Fun. He was also in an episode... Oh, that's right! Yes, he was in episode 3, or season 3, episode 19, The Unnatural War. Kevin Arnold goes out for the the baseball team, and he eventually gets cut. But yeah, I think that Christian Guzak is the kid who's like, oh, Arnold didn't get cut. Big surprise there. Yeah. 
Spoiler alert for those that haven't seen the episode, even though it's on. If you got Hulu, check out the original Wonder Years. Get caught up on the new Wonder Years because season two of the new Wonder Years is dropping tonight with a one hour premiere. Granted, by the time this episode goes up, it's going to be the end of September. So I don't know how many episodes will have aired by that time. Yeah, pretty much. Just that that's the gist I mean, there's also a Highway to Heaven episode with he plays Jimmy Barnett in A Mother's Love from season four. Jonathan and Mark are on an assignment to unite a retiring teacher with four orphaned brothers. Oh my gosh, it's also got uh Richard Bull, who played Nels Olsen. He's playing a judge in that episode. Oh my goodness. Michael Faustino wasn't that uh in this episode i just sometimes um they have a handful of especially in the 80s usually these episodes have people that you would most likely know from something else all right let me go back this episode was directed by joel zwick writers jeff franklin ellen gulas and stacy her which it's a Episodes center around Kimmy and DJ, so you gotta have girls and girl writers involved. We got some connections. The Flintstones. Kimmy plans to paste DJ's head over a picture of Fred Flintstone. Chips. Kimmy has an Eric Estrada Chips action figure. Kimmy pastes DJ's head over a picture of Freddy Krueger. Hence the reference to Nightmare on Elm Street. Let's see. Uh, user reviews. Uh, 5 out of 10, titled, Michelle was a brat in this episode. This review is actually from September 11th, 2021, so just less than a year old. Oh my gosh, my gosh. Any of you grew up, now I did not call it the shadow game. I called it, like, copycat. I had felt glad that DJ and Kimmy made up their fight, but Michelle only cared about herself and enjoyed annoying others with her stupid shadow game. Nightmare on Elm Street fan. This is from July 30th, 2019. Gives it a 9 out of 10. It made me laugh a really good... It made me laugh a really good episode. What are you doing here, Gibbler? Bringing back all your stuff, Tanner. I started watching the show, I finished season 7, it was my first season I watched. Now I watch season 4, which I hear is the best season in, in Full House. Well, I mean, you do have Jesse and Becky getting married. You have Becky finding out the cliffhanger of season 4. She's pregnant. You also get to meet Papuli and his wife, Gina, which Papuli will later return three years later in one of the most saddest episodes of Full House in Full House history. I love how DJ Tanner and Kimmy Gibbler are fighting. I love how Kimmy pasted DJ's head on Freddy Krueger's body. Freddy Krueger is my favorite horror icon. Good acting performance from Candace Cameron Bure and Andrea Barber. What made me laugh was Mary Kate Ashley Olsen as Michelle echoing every word from Stephanie. Excellent performance by Jody Sweeten. But to me the best of the episode is Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen as Michelle. 
I liked this episode. I was seven years old that time when episode Good News, Bad News was filmed. One of my favorite episodes. The finale in which Michelle echoing every word from Kimmy finale made me laugh. I forgot to mention Danny Tanner and Rebecca Donaldson are arguing too. Haha, <laughs> great show. Alright. We also have, of course, Taylor, Taylor Kingston, 6 out of 10, the one with the newspaper. From June 10th, 2015. <laughs> Warning spoilers. I thought this episode was okay. It wasn't great, but I enjoy it. And it's definitely worth a watch. I felt like DJ was completely in the right. Kimmy shouldn't have acted that way. Yeah, well, Kimmy's going to be Kimmy. Kimmy's going to Kimmy all day long. In this episode, <laughs> DJ is thrilled when she is appointed the new editor of her school's newspaper. But Kimmy expects favoritism. And unfortunately, Kimmy can't write as well as needed to be accepted to the newspaper, which makes her very mad at DJ after she fires her. Kimmy then decides to start her own gossip newsletter. Meanwhile, Michelle aggravates Stephanie by repeating every word she says. And Jesse and Joey are hired to make a commercial for Wake Up San Francisco. Overall, I give this episode a 6 out of 10, which in my ratings book is good. Alright, let's see if we got any trivia. This episode is titled after the good cop, bad cop routine? Uh, I don't know about that. I think that's pretty far-fetched, everyone. I really think that's pretty far-fetched. Alright, of course, before I get into the episode, I want to let the Tanner newbies, aka new podcast listeners who have just jumped aboard the Tanner train to experience the podcast. First of all, I want to let you know where you can listen. One of what you're probably already doing is maybe the SoundCloud app. Also iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. The podcast also does have an email address if you'd like to write into the podcast talking about your favorite Full House memories, characters, episodes. That email address is omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. The podcast does have social media. Instagram, omhc, Full House, Fuller House Podcast. And on Facebook, just search Full House or Full Ho Fuller House Podcast, and the Omelanto Holy Chalupa Podcast will pop up. You can like it, you can follow along with it, so you know what set of episodes I'm doing each month. I don't go episode by episode, I don't go by air date. I go based on themes, which can be related to a character, or just whatever pops out of my head. Right now, we're finishing up best Friend, the Best Friends series for September. In August, we had the Sisters Double Feature. In July and June, we had Jesse's Musical Career Journey. In October, well, let's just say, if you want to find out what episodes I'm doing for the remainder of the year, you can listen to the mini-sode of the 22-23 podcast schedule for the Full House podcast. If you don't know, 2023, I will be wrapping up the Full House podcast, for the portion, Full House portion of the podcast. I did start this podcast in April of 2019, so... As far as Fuller House goes, I have not been focusing on that because 2024 I will be wrapping that portion of the podcast. Now that does not mean that at the end of 2024 this podcast is coming to an end. What it does mean is I will be maybe doing an episode a month, whether I'm reviewing a Full House Stephanie book, whether I'm doing some PSAs 
in relation to Full House, just or some compilation, mini-sodes, stuff like that. Also, on occasion, I will put up a family-friendly movie that I watched from my childhood. Mainly, it's probably something for, from the 90s that us 90s kids grew up watching. A couple other things about this podcast that sets it apart from some other Full House or Fuller House podcasts out there. This podcast is what I refer to as a ears of all ages podcast where anyone of any age, of course, can listen to it. This is also a podcast where, for those that have grown up with the show, they have children they are now introducing to the show, and of course Fuller House, this is a safe space where you can listen without fear of inappropriate content, any F-bombs going off, anything like that. I grew up watching the show myself. I still love it to this day. I still watch it outside of podcasting about episodes. And I just wanted to create this safe space and talk about the show that I love. And also my own memories and just my own recollections now watching it as an adult versus putting on my kid glasses and how I viewed it back then. Also, one last thing, if you, whether you've been listening since I started in 2019 or you just jumped in a year or so ago, the only thing I ask of you since I don't do Patreon is I ask for a moment of your time if you got it, jump on iTunes, search the Full House or Fuller House podcast, the Ome Atlanta Holy Chalupas podcast will pop up, scroll down to where it says leave a review, leave a review. All five-star reviews do help the podcast get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves. You can hit me up with a trivia question. You can use emojis to describe episodes. You can give me your top five favorite characters, top five worst characters on the show, whatever you'd like to do. You can even tell me your if you have the most favorite episode of every single episode, put it on there. All right, without further ado, let's jump into good news, bad news. But of course, like always, starting in Season 2, we are greeted with a wonderful, fun, cozy, cold open. I love these. They're a little nugget of footage that's maybe a minute or less, 30 seconds long. It just just gives us extra time outside of the actual plot of the show for some extra fun time with our favorite characters. Sometimes can pertain to the plot of the episode, but a lot of the time it's just kind of a one-off thing. So, all right, let's see what they got for us this week. So the cold open is set up in Michelle's room and Joey is teaching Michelle a joke, a knock-knock joke. So he's like, he kind of prompts her with saying, okay, I'll say knock-knock and you'll say who's there. And he goes, knock, knock. And she says, who's there? And he says, boo. The look that Michelle gives him, she levels him with a very, what's the word I'm looking for? Criticizing look. And she says, that's not funny. It's almost like she's trying to, like, figure out, like, you're, even though she's only four, it's like she's trying to figure out, like, he's a comedian yet. He's starting off with boo. But then again, I mean, it's not hard to figure out the other part of it is going to be who is in boo-hoo. Don't cry, it's only a joke. I mean, the joke's probably older than all of us that grew up in the 80s. I mean, I'm sure knock-knock jokes 
I'm sure those go way back, like maybe even centuries back. I don't know. He says, no, you're supposed to say boo-hoo. And she looks at him and asks, why? Yeah, she says, boo-hoo. Joey says, don't cry, it's only a joke. And he's like, all right, you got it? And she says, got it, dude. You know, I mean, the thing is with this whole you got it, dude, and her catchphrases, which pretty much disappear, I feel like they disappear after season six. Because season seven and eight, we don't get that at all. And it just, honestly, now that Michelle's, like, in the late, later season seven and eight, it just, I don't know how it would feel. It just feels like it's cuter when she's, like, younger. But, like, if she were to do that in, like, season eight, I'm just like, eh, it's past its prime. Like, the thing with, with, um... Arnold in different strokes. By season eight, he was still pushing out that, what you talking about? You know, and, and you just, I felt for him. It's like, he looks like he's, it's just over it. It's like, oh, we're still doing this. It's like, it was cute when he was like playing a six-year-old or seven-year-old or eight-year-old in season one. By season eight, he is like 14 years old. Oh my goodness, some things, that's the thing, I mean, it's cute, like, when Stephanie in Fuller House does How Rude, because she's an adult, but, uh, I mean, is it, it, you get where I'm going with that, so, yeah, let's finish up this cold open. So, there's a knock on the door, and Michelle asks, who's there, and Danny opens the door and says, it's Dad. Michelle asks, Dad who? And he says, oh, you don't know your own dad. Michelle says, don't cry. It's only a joke. I think that is clever. I like how that was worked in like that. <laughs> Joey and Danny Tipler. And she laughs. And she says, I like that was clever. That I Part of me thinks that was, of course, the setup, but still clever. She went with it. She saw an, an opening and she went for it. Michelle, now I'm going to teach you your first joke, okay? All right. Now, when I say knock knock, you say, Who's there? Okay. Knock knock. Who's there? Boo. That's not funny. No, you're supposed to say boo hoo. Why? Well, because that's part of the joke. I say, Knock knock. Who's there? Boo. Boo hoo. Don't cry. It's only a joke. Got it? Got it, dude. Good. Who's there? Dad. Dad who? Oh, you don't know your own dad. Don't cry. It's only a joke. <laughs> Here we go. Wow, they right out the gate with this. We're in the girls' bedroom. DJ is working on her homework. Michelle comes in and says, S, want to play? And DJ, of course, like, I can't, Michelle, I'm sorry. I'm busy. And Michelle trots out with, but you're my favorite sister. And DJ's like, wow, really? I'm your favorite sister? And then DJ brings up the fact that she's just been made editor of the school newspaper. She says, oh, 
that's so sweet. I'm your favorite sister. Yeah, she's well, I'm kind of busy. I was made the editor of the school newspaper. What do you think your favorite sister now? I love Michelle's response. She just kind of puts her in like, meh. So Stephanie comes in and is like, hey, babes. <laughs> and then Michelle goes over and says, want to play? She No, she jumps right into that. You want to play? You're my favorite sister. And Stephanie can't believe it. She's like, really? I am? D did you hear that, DJ? And DJ is just like, <laughs> enjoy it while it lasts. Oh, let's not play Shadow. Oh my gosh, this is the most aggravating game ever come out of existence. I don't know what. There's got to be an origin story to this game. Seriously, there does. Because this is just something that was invented to annoy and drive someone crazy like nobody's business. There's got to be an origin story to this game. Oh, real quick. Hey, guess what? You know this Farmer and the Dell song from <laughs> that episode with A Pinch is Just a Pinch with Michelle and Aaron? Well, I'm looking at childhood games, and one of them actually does mention about the origin story of the Farmer and the Dell. This game where children form a circle in turn and in turn pick farmers, wives, children, dogs, servants, and cheese. Probably originated, probably, originated in Germany in the 1820s. It was a courtship game played by adults originally and then became popularized in America by German immigrants. A quote-unquote Dell. Remember I had the hardest time figuring out what that meant. What is that? A dell, by the way, is a small wooded valley. I'm sure I'm not the only one that had no idea what that was. So the other thing I'm trying to figure, and I'm not seeing it here, is the copycat game. Or the game repeat, where you repeat everything a person says until you just drive them crazy. And Michelle says, let's play Shadow. And Sammy says, no, thank you. And Michelle repeats exactly what she says. And I'm not going to do this because, yeah. So, Stephanie decides to kind of roll with this. She's like, okay, I'll do anything Stephanie says. And of course, Michelle says, I'll do anything Steffi says. Because, you know, Stephanie is a longer name. It's hard for her to pronounce. Do I have the time to call her Steph? She really thought that that was going to work. And she says, Stephanie says, stop playing. And Michelle repeats exactly she says right back. And she's like, well, I mean, it was worth a shot. Like, come on, no. She is queued up to just say everything that's going to come out of your mouth. And then she also says, all right, copycat, I'm going to go eat some broccoli. And Michelle says, all right, copycat, I'm going to go eat some ice cream. <laughs> and Michelle pretty much changes it up to her liking. Like, eh, I don't like broccoli, but I do like ice cream. Want to play? Not right now, Michelle. But you're my favorite sister. <laughs> really? I'm your favorite sister? That's so sweet. But I'm kind of busy right now. Today they made me editor of the school newspaper. What do you think of your favorite sister now? Uh. <laughs> Hi, babes. Hi, Steph. Wanna play with my favorite sister? 
enjoy it while it lasts. Let's play Shadow. No, thank you. No, thank you. I said no, thank you. I said no, thank you. Okay? Okay? I'll do anything Stephanie says. I'll do anything what Steffi says. Steffi says, stop playing. Steffi says, stop playing. It was worth a shot. And what a shot. Hi, DJ. Hi. Hi there, Tanner Tots. Oh, great, Kimmy's here. Oh, great, Kimmy's here. You guys sound just like my parents. Okay, copycat, I'm gonna go eat broccoli. Okay, copycat, I'm gonna eat some ice cream. So Kimmy comes in, and she's like, hey there, Tanner Tots. I think that's so cute. And Sophie says, oh, great, Kimmy's here. And Michelle <laughs> repeats what she says. And Kimmy says, yeah, you sound just like my parents. Oh, that's horrible. What, there's a, oh, great, Kimmy's here. Nobody wants this girl around, especially her parents. That's horrible. Oh, breaks my heart. So, Stephanie and Michelle leave. And Kimmy jumps right in it. Well, hello, Madam Editor. You know that Kimmy wants a spot on that paper. So she immediately just says, hey, give me a job on that paper and we're going to rule the school. I feel like, Kimmy, it's not up to me. I may be the editor, but I can't hand out jobs. And even if I could, there are none available. Turns out there is one available. It's sports editor or sports journalist. But first of all... <clears throat> DJ is kind of taking it back, like, you want to work on the paper? You. Really, Kimmy. I've never actually seen you read a paper. And Kimmy says, well, no, I do. I read papers whenever I'm in line at the supermarket. And DJ says, look, I, I, I don't think we're going to need any articles about finding Elvis on Mars. And Kimmy says, it's actually Venus. Sure. Those people who write for those rag magazines gotta eat too. I swear it's like, hey, whoever writes the most catching headline gets a paycheck this week or something. <laughs> the only reason Kimmy is actually doing this is because her parents and probably the school told her, you need an extracurricular activity because that's going to look good down the road, like on uh, application for college. Because she even says, I need an extracurricular activity because it, it has to make it look like I care about the stupid school. So is that basically like, the principal's like, hey, you're failing out of a lot of your classes. However, we can overlook this if you join a school club. How about the school newspaper? And Kimmy's like, ding, 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 my friend just made editor. That'll work out great. She says, yeah, Kimmy, I would love to put you on the paper, but the only thing left is sports editor. How is that possible? That would probably be the first thing snapped up by the two boys working on the paper. Especially Jake Bitterman. He is very bitter about the fact that he... Bitter. He's very bitter about the fact that he has to write out the school lunch menu because apparently them just looking at it taped up on the wall next to the cafeteria or in their classroom, or I swear that got published in our regular town, you know, newsletter, like, weekly, was the 
school lunch menu. And then that way you have it. You're ready to go. You don't have to have any surprises about what to expect of what's for lunch. Yeah. And he's like, all I'm doing, we'll get, all I'm doing is copying the school lunch menu. Give that boy something. But we'll get to that. And Kimmy says, yeah, that's perfect for me. And DJ looks at her like, She's grown an extra head. You don't know anything about sports. I don't know much about sports either. Nothing I learned about sports, I learned from 90s sports, kids' sports movies. Mighty Ducks, Rookie of the Year, The Sandlot, Little Giants. I feel like I'm leaving one out. Big Green, I'd say Big Green and Ladybugs, but I, mm, they're just okay. Like that's what that's my sports movies. That's how I learned about sports back in the, in the when I was growing up. Like if it doesn't have anything to do with the Mighty Ducks or Sandlot or Little Giants, I don't care. I don't even like football, but I like Devin Sawa. <laughs> to Kimmy's credit, she's like, yeah, I I know about sports. My mom used to be a professional wrestler. I want to learn more about Kimmy's parents' backstory. Again, I feel, gosh, I don't understand what the writers were thinking when they did what they did with her parents in season five. It's like, oh, our parents have been traveling the world as explorers for years. So, say they weren't around much. That's bogus. Because all we've gotten over eight seasons with Kimmy is about her parents not wanting her around constantly schluffing her off on the tanners and everything like just go next door to the tanners you're over there all the time anyway it's like they just that's a house that was a house of neglect in my in my opinion it's just oh so horrible even she says when they go to disney world my parents will pay for any vacation i take as long as it's without them and i stay over on a saturday night so she starts guilting DJ by saying, please, you're my best, best, best friend. Kimmy, she's your only friend. <laughs> and then she starts doing the puppy dog whimper. Come on, Kimmy, come on now. Kimmy has got it in line for the worst outfit of the episode. That, what she's wearing is just, it's horrendous looking. Yeah, she starts off with a puppy dog face and DJ's saying, not the puppy dog face. Then she starts out with a whimper. And DJ's like, oh, fine. Uh oh, all right. You can be the school sports editor for the paper. Don't lick my face. And she's so excited. Like, thanks, DJ. I'm one of those people that writes for a newspaper. And DJ says, it's called a journalist. DJ's already regretting making this decision, which I don't think she should have been allowed to make that decision. She may be the editor where you're editing stuff, but I don't think you should be. Picking, unless a teacher says, DJ, look, I have full confidence that you can do this job. You dole out the responsibilities and the jobs to people. I trust your judgment. And I'm sure after they find out Kimmy is sports editor, like, I'm taking this position back. I don't feel comfortable because you went with a friend. You chose a friend for sports editor. So yeah, and she does get called out for it later. Not by a teacher, but by other students. Kimmy says, really? That sounds so geeky. Well, that's the term. Journalist. 
Stephanie runs up the stairs saying, hide me, hide me. She jumps in the closet and Michelle comes in repeating what Stephanie says. Both Kimmy and DJ kind of point their finger and pencil at, she's in the closet. And Stephanie says, thank you guys. And Michelle repeats her. They're like, Michelle, get out of this closet. time we see this whole setup with Jesse and Joey having their advertising company upstairs in the attic because at some point Jesse and Becky get married and then they turn that apartment or that attic into an attic apartment and when we come up on the scene we see on that TV there because there's a camera faced Right at Comet wearing sunglasses, and Joyce says, hey, Stevie Wonder Dog, and he starts singing in Stevie Wonder voice, and then he gives Comet a dog biscuit. So they're just waiting for something to come along, a project of sorts that they can focus on. Yeah, that's right. IQ Man, which I haven't covered yet, but I will for the Jesse and Joey career duo series, that was episode three of season four, where they do start their own production company, uh, J&J Creative Services. So it, became, well, it goes from advertising to a production company. So two episodes later, in episode five of season four, which I'm covering the good news, bad news, they're waiting for their first project. Just kind of going independent and just taking projects as they come their way. Because I don't think if they went on their own that they'd be able to take any of the clients that they had while they worked under Mr. Malatesta. And of course, Jesse's grousing. Great, we started our own production company so you can do stupid pet tricks. But then Jesse's like, oh, hold on, wait, I got one. Of course he does the Elvis Presley curling up the lip with Comet. But Joey's like, well, before that happens, Joey puts his hands over Common Cedars and says, don't insult our only client. Because 
Joey says, hey, look, as long as we're sitting here waiting for the phone to ring. Oh, here we go. He's going to do the bat ears. Oh, Spock ears with Comet. Comet is just smiling away. <laughs> or maybe he's just breathing. No, he's smiling. Don't smile. Don't think Quinn. Yep. She's sleeping. She does that a lot. By the time this episode goes up in September... She'll have already been 10 for almost two months. Spock, the Vulcan Retriever. And Joey says, see Spock run. See Spock live long and slobber. And, and Jesse just keeps like, oh, this is so stupid. Two grown men standing in the side of wasting time. He's like, wait, 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 I got one. Yep, of course we're going to do all of us. Got to get that Elvis in there. Elvis dog. <laughs> Danny and Becky both come upstairs and see them playing with Comet. Of course Danny's gonna bring up the fact that he put money into this investment for their company. Or invested money. Like, oh, I knew when I invested in this company, you boys would make me proud. And they're like, Comet, get out of here. Yeah, Jesse's like, Comet, bad dog, get away from the equipment. Stop it. All right. Stevie Wonder Dog. <laughs> This is great. We started our own production company so you could do stupid pet tricks. Shh. Don't insult our only client. As long as we're sitting here waiting for the phone to ring, Spock, the Vulcan Retriever. Yes, see Spock run. See Spock live long and slobber. This is so stupid. Two grown men sitting in an attic wasting time. Hang on, I got one. All right. Elvis dog. Well, since my poodle left me, I found a new place to smell. It's down at the end of the world. I'll bring you the trail. I knew when I invested in this company, you boys would make me proud. Come on, the bad dog. Get away from the equipment. Stop it. So, Joey's like, Danny, we're going crazy here. We need a job. Oh, uh, by the way, is there any word yet about uh, maybe us shooting your commercial for Wake Up San Francisco? Help a, help a buddy out. Help your buddies out. Or your partner, since Danny invested, like, I'm not sure how much. Probably more than Jesse and Joey were able to put up. So, Becky's like, let me tell them. And Danny says, no, let me tell them. And this is just slowly getting that ball rolling of clearly Becky and Danny have been working together too long. Because <laughs> they start getting really antsy. Oh, and Danny's like, well, tell them on three. One, two, and Becky says, you got the job. Uh, yeah, and they, they basically start getting on each other's nerves, which, again, they've been working together for, what, over two years? Yeah. Bound to happen eventually. Hey, it's not like Danny up and quits like in season eight, the producer, when Becky gets named the producer of the show, and Danny, who's been with the station longer, doesn't. Oh, and the thing is, if you look at it, Becky has more experience under her belt than Danny does. I mean, she worked, what, AM Omaha or something like that? So, yeah, she's been doing that longer than Danny has. She's got a degree. Well, I mean, he's got a degree, too, but I don't know. So, 
Jesse is just envisioning, like, oh my gosh, this commercial is going to be so great. We're going to have the entire city just chomping at the bit, waiting on the new and improved Wake Up San Francisco show. When Jesse says, Wake Up San Francisco, Wake Up San Francisco, starring Rebecca Donaldson and Danny Tanner. So, of course, I think Danny's going to start balking. Why does her name get to go first? He's like, yeah, you know, it's just a little point. It's hardly worth mentioning, but uh, he says it's always been starring uh, Danny Tanner and Rebecca Donaldson. Heaven forbid her name goes first. Uh, <laughs> Jesse and Joy do not even give that the time of day. Look, anyway, back to this uh, storyboard that we have here. Oh, my goodness. It starts. <laughs> Becky's like, well, I mean... No, we can make the argument. Of course, nobody's arguing, but um, she says, you know, since the show is changing its image, maybe other changes should be on the rise. And Danny starts in with like, oh, there, what's the sake of uh, making cha uh, changes for the sake of change? Otherwise, and then that changes everything, basically. Yeah, Danny's pretty much by the book. Everything's got to be the same way all the time in Danny's favor. Otherwise, he's got a problem with it. Jesse and Joey gotta step back. Like, we'll let them hash this out. We don't want a part of this. We'll shoot the commercial, but you two figure this out for yourselves. Don't drag us into it. Because Danny's like, I thought we discussed all the changes. Well, wait a minute. It's not up to them. It's up to the producers and Mr. Strowbridge. Because if you're making changes for the sake of making changes, so then that basically changes everything. <laughs> changes that they want to make would have to be approved by management. Yeah, she, she, yeah, it's basically she's, she's getting in all her gripes, all her, her little things that she's held in and kept to herself for two years. Well, Danny, I just thought, you know, maybe it would help the show more if I talked a little more and you maybe talked a little less. Basically because, you know, Danny tends to monopolize the time on the show. So he's like, yeah, maybe I go on a bit, but I mean, you're normally, you seem okay with it. I mean, you're just sitting there all nice and sweet and, you know, perky and happy. And she, she gets in his face. Do you have a problem with perky? It's like, no, no, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, he's like, oh, well, perky's good. Maybe you just drink too much coffee. Wait, we cut over to Joey and Jesse, both with their arms crossed, and Jesse said, you know, maybe we could do this with puppets, might work a little better. And Joey's like, I wouldn't hate that, I don't hate that idea, honestly, I'm actually considering it if this is what we have to work with. We're shooting a commercial, why don't you put your differences aside and, like, pretend to like each other for, like, a minute of screen time? They are really, I mean, because we pull back and we see Je uh... Becky and Danny are just like, rah, 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 rah. Becky's like slamming her fist into her hand. I don't know what point she's trying to make, but good grief. Danny, we're going crazy. We need a job. Any word about us shooting that uh, commercial for Wake Up San Francisco? Let me tell them. I want to tell them. You always get to tell them. Somebody tell us. Okay, we'll tell them on three. Ready? One, two. You got the job. You cheated. <laughs> Got the job? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Danny. You're welcome. All right. All right. 
our first job in our very own production company. That's right. Our commercial is going to have the whole town psyched up for the new and improved Wake Up San Francisco, starring Rebecca Donaldson and Danny Tanner. Now, let me show you what we've got worked out here. Check this out, you guys. We open up with a bed on the uh, set, right? Yes, hey, excuse me. This is this is a small, itsy-bitsy point, and it's hardly worth mentioning. But I, I can see that you're wondering. It, it's always been starring um, Danny Tanner and Rebecca Donaldson. <laughs> Okay, back to our story. Bed. Bed. <laughs> of course, one could make the argument, though no one here is arguing, that since the show is changing its image, other changes might be long overdue. I, I thought we discussed all the changes that needed changing. If you're making changes just for the sake of changes, well, <laughs> that changes everything, doesn't it? <laughs> Danny, I just thought the show would be a little more balanced if, let's say, well... I talked a little more, and you talked a little less. Well, maybe I, I do go on a bit, but you always seem to enjoy it. You're always sitting there, you know, happy and perky. You got a problem with perky? <laughs> maybe, maybe it's a coffee perky. thing. Maybe you've been drinking a lot of coffee. Maybe we could do this with puppets. Yeah. So they got, like, 12 people. 12 kids working on this paper. It's amazing. There's just so many. Because she's like, all right, everyone got their articles? They're all on single sheets of lined paper. And DJ goes over to Bitterman. It's like, Bitterman, got your article? And he's like, yeah, some article. Yeah, he's like, yeah, some article. All I do is copy the menu from the school cafeteria. And DJ, it's almost like she's trying to put a positive spin on it by saying, hey, you write the most important part of... The, the hottest article in the school newspaper, Today's Lunch. So that comes out daily? So this is where Jake gets, he finally voices his opinion on the fact that he should, he's like, I should be sports editor on the school newspaper, not your best friend, Kimmy Gibbler. Even though he shared his first kiss with Kimmy in season three, that doesn't matter. So, Kimmy comes in like, oh my gosh, DJ, you're gonna go nuts. I just got an interview with a star of the basketball team, Robbie Hawkins. So, here again with Jake Bitterman, like, what are you talking about? Robbie Haw Haw Hawkins is not even on the basketball team. He's the equipment manager. Excuse me, and you don't think that he wouldn't have some serious intel as to the stories that go on? behind the scenes, he would have the best dirt to hand out to anyone that's willing to give him the time of day. He's like, oh, you want to know about the players? Oh, I know all about the players. I can give you stats. I can give you stories. You have no idea, Kimmy. And Kimmy, all she cares about is how this boy looks. She's like, yeah, but he looks so cute passing out those little cups of Gatorade. And Jake's like, do I need another example here? You see what I mean with this? DJ's trying to go to bat for Kimmy because they're best friends. She's like, look, I'm sure it's a very well-written article. Written on a napkin. Thank you, Kimmy. So, again, here we go with Jake. Like, oh, yeah, hey, Deej, read it out loud. This ought to be good. And Kimmy gets in his face and says, oh, what's for lunch, bitter man? So, she titles it This Day in Sports by Kimberly Louise Gibbler. 
This is like the second time that we've heard her middle name is Louise. Okay, this is not the best way to start this paper. Ever wonder about that mega cute guy on the basketball team? Always wiping up the sweat puddle. Okay, I don't think they're sweating that much to the point where there are puddles of sweat on the floor. And I kind of see with, with Kimmy's writing here, it just kind of feels like she would be a wonderful advice columnist or a gossip columnist, which, spoiler alert, that is the job that she gets later, which probably would have been better suited for. Because at some point, she's even writing horoscopes for the school newspaper in the episode A Pinch is Just a Pinch. Granted, she's not really right. She's just copying them from old newspapers. And she, and in the article she says, and girls, he spots those puddles with eyes of blue. Not sky blue, but more like a turquoisey gray blue. With little specks of green. Wow, she was really looking into his eyes. Is that big? You know, I mean, with that description, she really could have, she has no idea who won that game. She has no idea who they played against. Most important information was left out. And Kimmy is so proud of herself. She's like, how's that for investigative reporting? And DJ looks at Kimmy and says, uh, Kimmy, I think you forgot to put in who won the game. Jake and Jake Bitterman and this other kid who was at DJ's birthday party kind of look at each other. <laughs> Even the boys in the back are all like, <laughs> oh my gosh, how'd she get on the paper? They know how she got on the paper. She knows the editor. Yeah, she tells Kimmy, like, Kimmy, you forgot to investigate who won the game. I mean, you have to rewrite this. First of all, write it on an actual piece of paper, not a napkin. This is barely legible. I can't even read it. And Kimmy's insulted. She's like, what? Right, do it over. You mean write it again? She says, I skipped my nap in algebra to write this. What? Write what? A few sentences about uh, the sports equipment manager, basketball manager's eyeballs and the color of them? could have written that in your in your diary at home. She's like, rewrite it? You mean write it again? Okay, she's a friend, but she's also an editor. So it's almost like you're a... It's like you and your best friend go up for the same position and you end up getting where now you're like a man. It just feels like she's basically a manager. And she's telling Kimmy, yes. Write it with different words. You know, words like about sports, which is your title. Sports editor. No, serious! Kimmy is like, well, if you think I'm so bad, why did you give me the job? And of course I'm sure DJ's like, well, because you begged me to. You wanted it that bad because you wanted to give the school a reason that you care about it. Or make them think that you care about it when you don't. Oh, oh no, she didn't say you. I gave you the job because you begged me for it. She's, I gave you the job because we're best friends. She said that. She revealed that in a room full of basically what are like her employees because they're all working for the paper under DJ. So Jake comes out with, hey, that's nepotism. And DJ corrects him saying, no, it's favoritism. It's like, that doesn't make it any better. They would have been like, DJ, the teachers, what? There is no teacher in this room. Nobody is overseeing this. There's not an adult in this room. 
she would have called DJ in the office, like, DJ, look, I appreciate your hard work and everything, and I think you'll make a fine editor one day, but your example, what I've seen today shows me that you are not taking this job seriously. I'm going to have to demote you. And Jake is like, it's still an ism. That kid behind Jake, the one who was agreeing with him, was like, yeah, you tell him, Bitterman. You tell her, Bitterman. But yeah, it's like, this is about ready to go to the presses. You need to write a new article right away. Like, right now, this second, sit down and start writing. And Kimmy comes back with, well, then go ahead and write one. I'd be like, excuse me, miss, that's your job. You wanted this job. You decided you thought you could do it. Like I, I would be like, hey, Jake, boom, you're sports editor. Come on up here and get this story. Like, you're in, she's out. Yeah, when she, Kimmy's like, wow, you write the article. And Kim, uh, yeah, DJ tells her, Kimmy, that's your job. That's why I hired you. And Kimmy fires back with, well, who are you, queen of the paper? I'm like, as of right now, yes. So get to work or get out of here because I don't need you right now. If you're not here to write a sports article, you can leave. And you are off the paper. Do not ever come to me begging again to be put on the paper because it's never going to happen. All the kids in the room are like, ooh, burn. But I like that the DJ is standing at ground. Like, she says, hey, I'm the editor. I'm telling you to do this over. And Kimmy refuses. She's like, I skipped my nap in algebra to write this. I'm like, then leave. I don't need you here. Leave. You're not here to write on the paper anymore. Jake, you can write the article. There we go. Boom. Kimmy refuses. DJ says you're not sports editor anymore. And Kimmy comes back with, well, then I guess we're not friends. I'd be like, well, if that's, I'd be like, hey, if that's what you want, then fine. But right now, we're talking about this. Our friendship has nothing to do with what's going, why you didn't write that article. Kimmy is lazy doesn't put any effort into anything. This version of Kimmy puts no effort into anything. And they're like, fine, fine, fine. The kid who was hanging out, I don't even know what this blonde-haired kid's name is, but he, his eyes are like, his back is to them. He's like, good, whoa. <laughs> the other kids are so busy with their work, they're not even paying attention, which, why would they? It has nothing to do with them.
It's Robbie Hawkins, and girls, he spots those puddles with eyes of blue. Not sky blue, but more like a turquoisey gray blue with little specks of green. How's that for investigative reporting? <laughs> Kimmy, you forgot to investigate who won the game. You've got to rewrite this. Rewrite it? You mean write it again? Yes, with different words. Words about sports. If you think I'm so bad, why did you even give me the job? I gave it to you because we're best friends. That's nepotism. It is not. It's favoritism. It's still an ism. Look, Kimmy, I need a new article written right away. Then go ahead and write one. That's your job. What's your job? Queen of the paper? Yep. and I'm telling you to do this over. No way. I skipped my nap in algebra to write that. I'm not doing it. Well, then I guess you're not the sports editor. Then I guess we're not friends. Fine, 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 fine. When Kimmy walks out the door, that blonde-haired kid is just like, oh, good thing she's gone. Shut the door. Shut the door and lock it now. We don't need her coming back in here disrupting everything. We have a paper to do. We need a pay we have a paper to print. We need to get this out. So no more distractions. Somebody didn't say why is she even friends with her? They're always putting Stephanie in like fuchsia or magenta colored clothing with a matching scrunchie. Or barrette. Because she's wearing a fuchsia or magenta. I can never tell the difference between the color. They're pretty close similar and she's got a big black arrow pointing upward this just reminds me of one of those like the shirt that viper had where it said i'm with stupid or something i don't get what the arrow is supposed to be there's no there's nothing on the shirt other than an arrow pointing upward quinn do you know exactly no idea it's been constant now since they share a school on the way to school, on the way home from school. Just constant copycat shadow game all the time. No Michelle. Uh, no Michelle. <laughs> speaking to each other again. Gee, that's a shame. Gee, that's a shame. <laughs> okay, big shot. Let's see you try and handle this. About relationships like nice in America until public shows when they should need a visible you're just wrong. Try that. Try that. waiting for Stephanie to come in and shut the door. Stephanie thinks she's lost Michelle. Oh, finally a break from the shadow game. Oh, I've lost Michelle. And Michelle's literally right behind Stephanie unless she snuck up behind her and says, oh, I lost Michelle. <laughs> and then here comes DJ 
And Sophie's, oh, I'm going to take this anymore. And DJ kind of, hey, look, I, I've not had the best day myself. Kimmy and I are no longer friends. And <laughs> Stephanie is, like, celebrating in her head. Yay. <laughs> but it's just, the copycat game, it's, just, it's getting old. The repeat game, whatever you want to call it. If you grew up calling it, so I'd like to know if you grew up calling it either repeat, copycat, or the shadow game, email the podcast or write into the Facebook podcast page. I love to know if you had younger siblings or maybe you were the younger sibling that annoyed your older siblings or cousins with this because this would drive anybody literally up the wall. So, DJ is angrily making herself a PB&J as Kimmy comes in and like, oh, DJ, guess what? I thought about what you said and I wrote another article. And I'd be like, if I were DJ, like, Kimmy, I told you as in today as in before the end of the school day. This does nothing for me now. You're not sports editor anyway. I turned that over to Jake Bitterman. So you can just take this and throw it in the trash. Yeah, but... DJ's like, wow, great. She says, you did the rewrite on real paper. I'm so happy. Thank you. Like, you haven't read it yet, sweetie. <laughs> you don't know what she put. Ugh. The Gibbler Gazette. Power Hungry Editor. Volume 1, Issue 1. Read it and weep. Oh, that's a heading. Power Hungry Editor Donna Jo Tanner stabs friend in the back. Stab's best friend in back. Photo on page two is of her body on Freddy Krueger, or her face on Freddy Krueger's head. This is underneath actual photo and then some other print. It's kind of hard to make out the writing underneath, but it starts with an earthquake. And then there's words like many people, hundred. Just... Different thing. And I'm like, what? I don't know what that's supposed to be. Maybe the, the writer or um, whoever, the, the set people, you know, the props people just wrote whatever, not thinking somebody's going to pause it and try to read the writing underneath. Yeah, she she's outraged. She's like, how could you plaster my face on Freddy Krueger's body? The look that Kimmy gives DJ, like, kind of like, well, you started this war. I'm just finishing it. Like, or, like, you think that's bad. I got uh, one more up my sleeve. And DJ says, this is the final straw. Now our friendship is really over. Well, this won't be the first and last time that this happens. This is, like, the second time. Because in the first one, we got Tanner versus Gibbler, season two. Then we have this episode. Then we also have the... Season 8 Under the Influence episode. I think those pretty much are the... Well, I mean, you could count Birthday Blues in there, too. Because Kimmy was very irritated, angry with DJ. Thinking that she was jealous of Steve. So, Kimmy... And the thing is, I get it. I mean, I'm not one that can take criticism easily lightly at all, but I would never retaliate by in the way that Kimmy did. Because she, she whips out her 
35 millimeter camera, snaps a picture DJ paparazzi style, says, oh yeah, your face will look great on Fred Flintstone's body in the next issue of the Gibbler Gazette. And the thing is, for me, I feel that maybe DJ handled it wrong. I mean, she was to me, she was completely in the right to say, look, either you do this or you're going to be relieved of your position. But she did it right there. She could have taken her out in the hall and just said, hey, Kimmy, can I speak to you in the hall for a second? Look, I, I really need this article. Could you please, please do this again? Find out the score and do this again. But, I mean, and, and DJ, honestly, she's not the wrong. It's just the way she handled it maybe would have been better. And I'm going to call this right now as a Tanner Teachable moment, too, so... Okay, so let's get to plot B here, which is the shooting of the commercial for Wacom San Francisco. They're on a set that's built to look like a bedroom. It's got a queen-size bed. We do have some characters of color here, which is really good. I really like that they are adding that in here, even if they are extras, but still. And they don't get, they don't get lines, of course. Just because I guess they're not meant to, which I'm surprised why they wouldn't, but hey, I didn't write the script. And Jesse's trying to help them get into character by just saying like, hey, you're just a couple of normal San Franciscans. Yeah, he tells them you're two typical San Francisco, wake up San Francisco viewers. And then here comes Joey saying, yeah, you're... You're, you got crust in your eyes. You, oh, no, he's talking about the right, white crusty stuff that collects in the corner of your mouth. And your hair is just, your face is puffy. And Jesse looks over at Joey's like, Joey, why you let me handle this? Okay, you can get us all some coffee. And then he says, Joey, you're grossing them out. I didn't even know Becky and Danny were under there. Because they pop up on either side of the supposed Wake Up San Francisco viewers. So it looks like this is not the first time they tried to shoot this. Because Danny and Becky pop up. And both of the the people, the, the couple there in the bed look at each other like, Who, what, what's going on? Which maybe that's not what they're And... Yeah, they're both like, wake up, San Francisco! And immediately Danny is like, oh, wait, I hate to interrupt, but... And it sounds like this is not the first take that they've done, because Becky's like, oh, here we go! And she, along with the two extras, fall backwards into the bed. Just like, ugh. Yeah! Danny, you... Just shoot it! Just shoot the commercial! Who cares? Because he's like, oh... Correct me if I'm wrong, but shouldn't be we be waking up more, you know, natural? She's popping up like a Pop-Tart. Becky hauls herself out of that bed and runs over to Danny and says, Hey, excuse me, I thought the whole point of this was to be perky, you know, wake up with some energy. You're waking up with the viewers and everything like that. They're already rubbing the sleep out of their eyes. They're getting their coffee and everything. How natural you want it to be. 
rolling out of bed like, oh gosh, not another day. Look, they're already feeling that. They want to be woken up. And of course, Becky <laughs> turns to Jesse and says, right, pumpkin? And he says, yes, right, sweetheart. So Jesse says, look, Joey, I'll handle Becky. You take care of uh, old tall pants over there. So Jesse goes over to Becky, takes her hands and says, oh, honey muffin, I love you. And I love the way you woke up. And they kiss. And we cut over to Danny and Joey. And Danny's all like, he's playing favorites with Becky. And Joey pretty much just copies exactly what Jesse did. Saying, oh, honey muffin, I'm so happy with the way you woke up. You did such a great job. Yeah, he says, I love you and I love the way you woke up. And so he pats Danny on the back, kind of pushing him towards the bed. Like, there, Danny, you feel better? And Danny surprises him. You know what? Yeah, actually, I do. I mean, whatever. He just wants attention. All that he wants, he used to get in his own way. He honestly would be fine with this if Danny would just pipe down so they can shoot it. He's the only one, honestly, that seems to have a problem from the word go. As soon as they were going to like, okay, I'm three. And then she, you know, tells them that they got the commercial. And he just starts nitpicking. And it's like, if he just didn't do that, they'd be able to get through this. Just hold all your questions and irritants till when the commercial is done and then y'all can just bicker and whatever on the drive home so he <laughs> joey tells danny look how about this let's compromise when you wake up why don't you wake up a little more you know pop tarty and jesse says becky uh for you why don't you try to wake up a little more stiff you know like your partner over there <laughs> he's got a couple makeup artists to help accentuate becky's cheekbones and then he like like, okay, you're done. Out of here. Watch the hair. Thank you. And Danny asks, hey, wait, how do I look? And Joey says, Danny, you're a fox. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, um, we do have some more in the running of Worst Outfit. Definitely Kimmy with the black and the, the white polka dotted dress with the lime green t-shirt underneath. We have Joey wearing a... It's almost like a tannish, tawny, brownish. It's almost like the color of Simba. And then he's got his yellow mixed with burnt orange shirt underneath. It's just, it, it, it's really, really tacky looking. I think both of them, honestly, one's going to get first place, one's going to get... Uh, second place but they're both atrocious looking clothes outfits so just all right let's try this again i feel a lot of love in this room let's go action really da oh god danny stop it i'm like danny you know what we'll replace you with somebody else joey hop in the bed <laughs> because this is as, as soon as they as soon as Jesse says action, Danny's like, oh, God! And Becky's like, put her hands to her face, like, yeah. I don't know how much those extras are getting paid, but I'd be like, 
I want to cut off whatever you get off this commercial because this is, I have other things I could be doing today that aren't this, that <laughs> pay more money. Uh, yeah, he's like, what, just one little teensy problem. How come all the lights are over on Rebecca's side? And I'm over here like a troll under a bridge. He says, I'm sitting here in the shadows like a troll under a bridge. So I, Jesse goes over to, like, Daniel, look. We feel that too much light over here will accentuate your features a little too much. And we don't want that. And Danny latches onto this. It's like, are you saying my nose is too big? And Jesse says, no, your 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 nose is just the right size. It's your your face is a little too small. Okay, Becky, we did not need that from you. <laughs> she was, <laughs> good one, honey. They're very. Could this be coined as passive aggressive in any way? Yes, he says, oh, yes, honey, thank you. You're very welcome. So, even Joey is getting agile. Like, okay, please, let's rehearse this beginning to end. No no cuts. Just let's get through this, please. Because, again, if they're renting this equipment or if they only have that space for a short amount of time, they are running out of time to shoot that commercial. Let's do this once with no stops. So, <laughs> like how Jesse points to Danny and says, Danny, perk it up. Becky, perk it down. This is cuckoo crazy. <laughs> I don't know whether to be amused or um, scared. I think this is where they are literally pushing each other out of the way of the camera. Wow, you know, I don't know. Maybe this would help <laughs> by just showing. Because the extras are frightened. Because Danny's like, hi, I'm the perky Danny Tanner. And Becky's like, and I'm the stiff Re Rebecca Donaldson. <laughs> and she says, and starting next week, you'll see a new and improved Wake Up San Francisco. Danny jumps in front of Becky saying, it's warmer. It's friendlier. And Danny says, so let our friendly home be a part of, and Becky says, be a part of your friendly home. So he says, let our happy home. And Becky says, be a part of your happy home. And it's, it's too much, too much faces, too, too much right in your face. So, and Danny says, so get yourself comfortable. And they zoom over to the couch. And Becky says, grab yourself a cup of coffee. They each have a cup of coffee. And Danny says, and a Pop-Tart. <laughs> and he says, join us every morning at 9. As we say, wake up, San Francisco. And they, when they are supposed to clink their coffee cups together, they literally smash their coffee cups together. And they, the coffee cups just burst. And they're both taken aback, like, oh. <laughs> It's like their anger finally erupted and they just realized, like, maybe we are, shouldn't have done that. And Joey says, you know, that looked really good. And Joey says, you know, yeah, I kind of like it. I wouldn't mind air that. I think it would be interesting. Okay, let's rehearse this now. Remember, you two are two typical San Francisco viewers, okay? And it's early in the morning, you're just waking up. Yeah, your face is puffy, your hair is smushed, you got that white crud caked on the corner of your mouth. Ew. You're really grossing them out. Come on, let's rehearse this. 
Ready? And action. Wake up, San Francisco. Hi, I'm Danny Tanner. And I'm Rebecca Donaldson. And starting next week, you'll be seeing a new and improved... Uh, I'm sorry. I hate to interrupt. Here we go. Well, at the risk of talking too much, guys, shouldn't we be waking up a little more naturally? She's shooting up like a Pop-Tart in a toaster. Oh, well, excuse me for being so perky, but I thought the idea was to wake up with some energy. Right, Pumpkin? Yes, sweetheart. I'll handle her. You handle the tall one. Oh, honey muffin. I love you, and I love the way you woke up. Mm. He's playing favorites. Oh, honey muffin. I love you, and I love the way you woke up. Mm -hmm. There. Now, you feel better, Danny? A little bit. All right. Oh, come on. Let's compromise here. Danny, when you wake up, wake up a little more pop-tarty. Right, sweetheart, when you wake up, try to be a little more stiff, like your partner. Okay, a little more makeup for Miss Donaldson, please. Accentuate the cheekbones. Very nice. Now, watch the hair. Thank you, girls. Uh, how do I look? Danny, you're a fox. <laughs> Thanks, Joey. <laughs> All, right. All right, let's try it again. I feel a lot of love in this room. And action. Cut. Uh, look, I'm sorry, just one more teensy-weensy little problem. How come all the lights are over on her side of the bed and I'm sitting here in the shadows like a troll under a bridge? Daniel, 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 we, we feel that too much light may accentuate the angularity of your features. Are you saying my nose is too big? No, 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 your nose is just the right size. Your face is just a little too small. Good one, honey. Thank you, sweetheart. Okay, let's just rehearse this beginning to end once with no stops, please. That's right. Danny, perk it up. Becky, perk it down. And action. Wake up, San Francisco. Hi, I'm the perky Danny Tanner. And I'm the stiff Rebecca Donaldson. And starting next week, you'll be seeing a new and improved Wake Up San Francisco. It's warmer. It's friendlier. Come on, our happy home. Be a part of your happy home. Get yourself comfortable. And a Pop-Tart. And join us every morning at 9 as we say, Wake, Wake up, San Francisco. Francisco. That looked really good. Yeah, it works for me. So, we're back home in the kitchen. DJ's got the old typewriter out. She's making up her own revenge newspaper. <laughs> On Kimmy. Or newsletter. And I like how when Stephanie comes in, she's like, wow, you're still typing, DJ? How long have you been at this? Well, it's a newsletter. Letter. There's going to be a lot of articles. Uh, their friendship goes back a very long time. So I like how Stephanie turns the tables on. If she had just thought of this to begin with and started annoying Michelle, Michelle maybe hopefully would have backed up. Because she eventually shows, eventually says, I quit. And, uh, and Stephanie says, I quit. And then it's like, oh, thank you. And then, boom, Michelle's right back at the copycat game. Oh, no, she, when Michelle, like, runs out of the kitchen to the living room, Stephanie cheers, I'm free! And then Michelle comes around the corner and says, I'm free! And then Stephanie begs. Michelle, 
Please give me my life back. And Michelle just, same inflection as Steph. Please give me my life back. She's like, not on your life, Stephanie. <laughs> this will go on forever. And Michelle, as Stephanie walks away, Michelle says, I love this game. Michelle, aren't you tired of the shadow game yet? No way, Jose. No way, Jose. Hey, that's It'd be my funny game. funny if they both started saying it. I quit. I quit. I'm free. I'm free. Please give me my life back. Please give me my life back. I love this game. What if both, because I guess DJ actually asked Michelle, aren't you tired of the shadow game yet? Nope. <laughs> but wouldn't it have been interesting if not only Stephanie turned the tables on Michelle, but DJ chimed in so they're both doing it to Michelle. Oh. And yeah, Jesse and Joey come back from shooting the commercial and DJ asks, oh, hey, how'd it go? And Joey says, yeah, we shot a great commercial. Unfortunately, it took us 24 coffee cups to get the... 24? My goodness. Seriously, they need to stop because they come into the kitchen arguing still. Like, enough. And Jesse ends up like, hey, no fighting in front of the kid. Heck, I'd say if I didn't, if we didn't know this family, we'd assume that Becky and Danny are the married the way they're arguing. Both Danny and Becky at the same time look at each other and say, fine, and they sit down on uh, at opposite ends of the kitchen table. And DJ's, you know, like, it, it doesn't bother me, honestly. It's okay. I mean, I've been fighting all day. I, I fired Kimmy from the paper. And Joey's surprised. He says, you fired your best friend? Well, that's another thing. Well, basically, uh, again, I uh, kind of equate this to if DJ were the manager. And sure, she were work friends with someone who she managed. And she had to write them up. In a way, I probably would, even though you're the manager, you know, even though you're friends, you would still have to write them up. Or you'd... Say, I have a feel like that it's a conflict of interest and maybe have another manager. I don't know. It just, it really depends on the situation. Where, yeah, I mean, honestly, in my mind, as an assistant manager at my job, there are some, you know, work acquaintances that I, uh, I, I'm, you know, friendly with and stuff like that. And maybe, yeah, I would feel kind of out of my element having to write them up for something so oh but dj clarifies ex best friend joey and even danny says you know dj i can't believe i'm even saying this but don't you think that you and kimmy ought to work things out and um dj's point i'm sure she would have been more than happy to but Kimmy kind of pulled out with a low blow there with that Gibbler Gazette. It's like, hey, look, I was all set to, we could work through this, but then you kind of throw them fire here in my direction. 
Oh, indeed, yes, well, I am. I'm working on an editorial that is going to trash her reputation. DJ, but then if you do that, you're stooping to her level, which makes you just as bad as she is. It's like sometimes you do have to take the higher ground and just kind of step away from it and be the bigger person. That's what they say sometimes. like, hey, look, you can engage or you can be the bigger person and walk away from it and just say, hey, I'm going to... I'm not going to do this. She says, I've got secrets stored up since kindergarten. Yes, but don't. DJ, seriously, you don't think that she doesn't know stuff about you that you wouldn't want to get out to the school populace? Because, again, that saying, what goes around comes around, you do, like you're not going to expect retaliation. She wasn't expecting re Kimmy to retaliate with letting her go. But this is like, it's, it's the same thing. Boom, fighting fire with fire. Like, hey, you you come at me, I'm going to come at you ten times harder. You know, that kind of thing. It's like, DJ, you, again, this position, you are like in a manager position. And she was just, you know, doing her job. She could have said, Kimmy, uh, she was basically saying, I will give you another shot if you will redo this and you can stay in this position. But now you forced my hand and I just, I'm going to have to drop you. If you're not going to comply, I'm going to have to drop you. I mean, in a way, it's also kind of a conflict of interest. And But I mean, Bitterman was all like, favoritism. Like, exactly. Yeah, that's another thing. Yeah, honestly, now that I think about it, as Becky says, but you've been through so much together, I'm thinking, yeah, Kimmy would have been there when DJ's mom passed away. Gosh, this just makes me think of um, Peyton Sawyer and Brooke Davis and the whole thing, um, love triangle thing with, um, with Lucas and everything. But the fact that Peyton says... You were there with me when I found out that my mom had passed away. And now here you are, you're making fun of her death in front of me. I mean, I'm not saying that Kimmy would go that low with that. But even still, it's like, yeah, y'all, you both, we don't know. We don't know. We only get snippets of what Kimmy's home life is based on what she says, what the family says, and everything. But again, I think that Kimmy is being neglected and also, you know, emotionally emotionally abused by her parents. Not just their absence, but the fact that they've made it clear they don't want her around. They don't seem to want her in their lives. And it's just sad. And Becky adds, you know, you're a team, you're partners. And then here we go with this is a great lesson for Danny and Becky to learn. You two, you're a team, you're partners, you're co-workers. Yes, you have your differences, but you've risen above them in the past and you'll rise above this. The little differences that, the, that they have are just so petty that they can be worked through. Yeah, Jesse's like, take a look at your dad and Becky, Deej. I like how 
Jesse bends down to Danny's level because Danny's sitting in a chair. He says, yeah, they'd, uh, they'd never let a little squabble come between them. Isn't that right, Danny? And then he turns and looks at Becky saying, yeah, they're way too mature for that. Yeah, he's basically he's calling them out for their behavior. It's like, DJ is a teenager. She's still a kid. She's still learning these things. You two are grown adults. You know better than to act like this. And Joey sits down next to DJ and says, yeah, you know, no matter what your differences are, you two have always been there for each other. And he tells her because you two care about each other. And no more, no words have ever been truer that come out of Jesse's mouth here. He says, it doesn't take strength to hold on to a grudge. It takes strength to let go of one. And DJ is sitting there contemplating that. Like, she knows that Jesse is right. And Jesse says, one of the most important things of a friendship is, or in a friendship, is forgiveness. And Danny and Becky leap out of their chairs and hug each other. Like, Danny, Becky, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And Joey points out, see, Deej? Now, doesn't that make you just want to run over next door and give Kimmy Gibbler a big hug? And DJ looks at him and says, no. No, no, not really, <laughs> she says. And she's like, thanks for the talk, by the way. It's like, Kimmy, you know, DJ is just going to figure this out on her own. Again, this is not the first time that they've had a fight. It will not be the last. So she pulls out what she typed out of the typewriter and asks, I wonder if cheese for brains is hyphenated. I can see if she were to print this, I can imagine the teacher in charge of the school newspaper would ask DJ to step down or she would say, we've chosen somebody else who's more mature to handle this position. And after DJ goes upstairs, Jesse says, so well, hey, at least our speech saved one friendship. And I don't see, I really don't see Becky's perkiness really at all up to this point. I mean, there's a difference between positiveness and perkiness. And she's like, Danny, if my perkiness ever gets in the way of our friendship at all, you just let me know. Or if it gets on your nerves... And Danny says, like, hey, if I just start talking at the, you know, filming, <laughs> talking at the mouth and rambling and, and just going on and on and on. And Becky has a step and say, Danny. And he's like, yeah, right. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll shut up now. Okay, here comes Kimmy with, since she and DJ's friendship is over in their eyes. She's got stuff that belongs to the family, and I'd like to know how she managed to take possession of it in the first place. She says, this is the last time you'll see Kimmy Gibbler in this house. Yeah, she says, I'm returning all your stuff, but I'd be like, wait a sec. I'd be like, yeah, even Danny has to give her the definition of what borrowing means. She hands Jesse the hairbrush. And he pulls out this, it doesn't even look like Kimmy's hair. It just looks like animal hair, like from a dog. Like someone like brushed their dog and just, here you go. Or they took the brush, used it on a dog, and like put it on there as a prop. Don't throw their brush in the garbage. Don't ever use anyone else's brush or comb. That is just, that's a big no-no in my eyes. She hands Joey his car keys and says, time 
Hey, Joey, I think it's time to get a new car radio. And he looks at her and says, I think I need a new car alarm. What in the what? He, so he has a, another copy of his, like, maybe she took his keys. He couldn't find them, so he made another set of keys. Oh, my gosh. Cammy, what is wrong with you? It's time for a new car stereo. He looks at his keys. He looks at her and he's like, yes, I think it's more like it's time for a new car alarm. Ring machine beeper she hands to Danny. Oh, by the way, call your mom. And she says, oh, that's all I borrowed from you guys. And Danny, like, gives her the definition of what borrowing actually means. He says, yeah, Kimmy, to borrow, you need consent. Otherwise, it's stealing. And Kimmy says, Mr. T, I'll miss your dry sense of humor most of all. We shot a great commercial. Unfortunately, it took us 24 coffee cups to get it. I'm saying it's my fault. Well, it's not it's my not, fault. I swear it's your fault. Hey, 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 no fighting in front of the kid. Fine. It's okay. I've been fighting all day. I fired Kimmy from the paper. You fired your best friend? Ex-best friend. DJ, I can't believe I'm actually saying this, but don't you think you and Kimmy ought to try to work this out? I am. I'm working on an editorial that is going to trash her reputation. I've got secrets stored up since kindergarten. Yeah, but you've been through so much together. Your team, your partners. Yeah. Take a look at your dad and Becky. You'd never let a little squall come between them. They're way too mature for that. Yeah, Deej, no matter what your differences are, you know, you and Kimmy have always been there for each other, right? Because you two care about each other. Deej, it doesn't take strength to hold a grudge. It takes strength to let go of one. Now, the most important thing in friendship is forgiveness. I'm oh, sorry. I'm sorry, too. I'm sorry. <laughs> See that, Deej? Now, doesn't that make you want to run next door and give Kimmy a big hug? No, not really. Thanks for the talk. I wonder if cheese for brains is hyphenated. Well, just our speech saved one friendship. Danny, if my perkiness ever gets on your nerves, you just let me know. And if I ever start talking too much or rambling or babbling or just running off the mouth... Danny. Or... I'll shut up. Okay, boys. This is the last time you'll see Kimmy Gibbler in this house. I'm returning all your stuff. Jesse? Here's your hairbrush. <laughs> hey, you can keep the hair. Joey, here are your car keys. Time for a new car stereo. Time for a new car alarm. And Mr. T, here is your answering machine beeper. By the way, call your mom. <laughs> That's all I borrowed from you guys. Uh, Kimmy. To borrow, you need consent. Otherwise, it's called stealing. Mr. T, I'll miss your dry sense of humor most of all. So, DJ is upstairs in her bedroom reading what she's written so far about just secrets about Kimmy. One in which Kimmy's diseased mind hit a new low when she stuck to hostess no coconut snowballs in her mouth and pretending she had the mums. That's honestly pretty genius for an eight-year-old. So, Stephanie runs and slams the door. And says, <sighs> she's like out of breath. She's been running. She's like, I, I lost her through the, finally lost her through the doggy door. 
I mean, like, Danny is home. You need to take this to him and say, hey, look, I've told Michelle to stop. She won't. Can you please speak to her on this? I know that's, you know, far-fetched and everything, but still. At this point, it's gone on, and enough is enough. And <laughs> Stephanie is, like, back, and her hands are, like, pressed up against the door. She's like, please, don't be Michelle. And Kimmy says, it's Kimmy Gibbler. And Stephanie's like, oh, that's worse. And then she says, please don't let it be Michelle. Or Kimmy Gibbler. So... Kimmy comes in with a, a small cardboard box of stuff and puts it on the table in the bedroom. And DJ looks at her and she's like, what are you doing here, Gibbler? And Kimmy says, returning your stuff, Tanner. Bringing back all your stuff, Tanner. So here we go. Let's use Stephanie as a go-between. Oh, Steph, why don't you tell Kimmy to leave my stuff and go? And Stephanie turns and says, hey, by the way, DJ says get your, you and your chicken legs out of here. You can leave her stuff. And Kimmy tells Stephanie, why don't you tell your sister I want the rest of my stuff back? And Stephanie goes over to DJ and says, Kimmy wants all of her stuff back too. So she can never, ever come back again. Ever. DJ gets off of Stephanie's bed and is like, yeah, I'll be happy to give her her stuff back. Here's the Bananarama tape you got me for your for, for my birthday. And Kimmy says, oh yeah, show us what you know. I got you Bananarama for Christmas. For your birthday, I bought you the bangles. Stephanie just wants to get Kimmy out of there. Like, bangles, Bananarama, who cares? That's the di There's a world of difference. They're two different bands. And she is just, Stephanie is loving this so much. She's like, what's important here is you two, your friendship is history. Thank goodness. Here's your fanny pack, DJ. Fanny packs, I feel, honestly, have made a comeback. I wear one. It's, just, it's easier for me instead of trying to load down my pockets with stuff. Kimmy's leg, what? Uh, were those on her feet? Ew. I don't think they've established Kimmy's stinky feet yet, have they? Not at this point. This is season four. It feels like her stinky feet don't start making a uh, appearance until season five. Like, emphasis on the... Okay, I don't know about you all, but when Kimmy pulls out the pineapple lip gloss, I'm just like... I guess if you're comfortable sharing lip gloss, lip balm, what lipstick, whatever, with another person, I just, if it goes on the mouth or anywhere, I just, I, I'm like, buy your own, I just, I don't know. I'm not a hypochondriac, I'm just, I'm not a germaphobe, it's just, to me, personally, I just, bleh. and I don't even wear makeup, so, but still. Eric Estrada Chips action figure. Speaking of Eric Estrada and um, the other dude from Chips, the blonde one. <laughs> and being this is September, in Allen, Texas, there is at the Retro Expo both Eric Estrada and the other guy whose name is escaping my head right now are going to be there. And I think that's pretty cool. I mean, I'm, I don't know. Also, 
the guys that were in the suits for the t- the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies in the ni- early 90s are going to be there too, which is really, really cool. Um, not the ones, well, I think there's one that does, I think the one who does the voice of Michelangelo was also Cousin Oliver in the Brady Bunch, so that's pretty cool. Old retainer of DJs. Oh, yeah, that's right, because she mentioned how Michelle had made a Rice Krispies, Rice Krispie retainer container. Ew. When did DJ ever wear a retainer? I mean, Kimmy, we can see, has one, and eventually I think she, I think she just has a, the actress just has a retainer and they wrote it into the character. (laughs) The audience is just like, oh, really grossed out. Shrunken head. And meanwhile, Steph is watching this whole exchange and she's like, you both had a weird relationship. You have some strange interests. Oh, Steph, like you've never heard of Bananarama and the Bangles. If you're in that room, you're sharing a room with your older sister, you've heard of those bands. But I think it's more the shrunken head, the retainer, that's just like, ugh. So, the shrunken head becomes the key point here. As Kimmy grabs, it's like a plastic, creepy head with black hair coming out of it. And she says, this is not my shrunken head. And they keep passing this thing back and forth. As DJ says, yes it is, you gave it to me in the third grade as a school carnival. And then that's where Kimmy remembers, and it starts to bring back a whole flood of memories. She said, and I like how she's like, all right. And she's not teasing or anything. She's like, oh, that's right. We wrote on the screaming siren, and you got sick. And DJ says, yeah, and you gave him to me to make me feel better. And I like how... Kimmy kind of laughs, like, yeah, and you said how it kind of looked like our our teacher, Mrs. Hunt. <laughs> and DJ picks up the shrunken head and says, actually, I think Mrs. Hunt's head was a little smaller. So, of course, Stephanie does not like this turn of it. Well, girls, why are we, la- we laughing here? We're supposed to be hating on each other. We're supposed to be fighting. Right, Quinn? Yeah, the reminiscing really kind of put them back on, like, just remembering, like, all the stuff. I mean, honestly, they're 14. They've been together friends since they were in kindergarten. And just DJ saying, we've we've been through a lot together, haven't we? And Stephanie's like, no! (laughs) Their friendship is, is mending. And Kimmy says, yeah, it'd be a shame to give all this good stuff back. Stephanie, it just, she keeps backing up to her bed. Eventually, she's going to fall back on it. No! And DJ apologizes. She says, I'm, I'm sorry, Kimmy. And Kimmy says, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, too. I was a jerk to do that to you. And they hug! Oh! Stephanie crosses her arms over her, her shoulders, and she says, no! And falls back on the bed. So she's not, she hasn't had him handed them out yet. Because she says, I'm sorry about the Gibbler Gazette. I'll tear them all up. Did she have to type all of those? That's a lot. And DJ says, you know, I hated what you wrote about me, but I loved the way you wrote it. 
It turns out there is another position opening for the paper. She's, I like, she says, you know, Kimmy, you've got a real style there. How would you like to be our new gossip columnist? And Kimmy's like, really? You want me to uh, poke my nose in other people's business and uh, spread wild rumors? Uh, and spread wild rumors around school? And DJ tells Kimmy, he'll say, well, you know you do it anyway. You might as well write it all down. There we go. Yeah, hey, this is great. We can spend even more time. There you go. Uh, I'm sure she gave Jake that sports editor sports journalist position like he wanted and probably tossed that you know who's writing the lunch menu to someone else who ain't uh, cutting the mustard with their position on the paper and Stephanie as they hug again Stephanie stop you're killing me comes Michelle stop you're killing me Michelle this conversation does not include you please go away oh she's gonna pass the baton now here you go Stephanie goes over to Kimmy says, hey, uh, Kimmy, uh, want to play Shadow? Here comes Michelle. Hey, Kimmy, you want to play Shadow? And then Kimmy says, no, I hate that game. And Stephanie just kind of stands back and watches. And, yep, it leaps to another person. And his Michelle is like, no, I hate that game. And Kimmy said, I said no. And, yeah, Kimmy's getting irritated. She's like, I mean it, stop it. And Michelle repeats what she says. Then she gets right in Michelle's face. I said stop. I love how Stephanie just like, yes, thank you. I'm free, finally. <laughs> Michelle finds another victim. <laughs> Kimmy says, I'm getting annoyed. It's like, she don't care. Michelle does not care. She don't even know what that means. Even DJ kind of chuckles like, oh, that's so cute. Yeah, she says, Michelle, I'm not joking. Kimmy just go home. I don't think she's going to follow that she might. And that's how the episode ends. So, okay, I'm going to say for the worst outfit, I think Joey is going to take the top with the orange-yellow shirt underneath the... It's like a tanny beigey color suit jacket. So that's going to, and then of course runner up for worst outfit is going to be the black jumper outfit with the white polka dots and then the lime green shirt underneath. Um, best outfit. Uh, let me see here. There really wasn't one, to be honest. I'm going to go with, even though I wasn't a fan of it, I still think it's better than anything I saw of the whole episode with Stephanie's fuchsia-colored shirt with the black arrow pointing upward, and then she's got the legging shorts that are also fuchsia with little black arrows just pointing this way and that. So that's... Yeah. And Tanner Teachable Moment, honestly, like I said earlier, here's another thing. Don't hire your friends if you don't think you'd be able to work, especially if you're in a higher position or I don't know. Hey, if you can make it work, great. If not, I don't know what to tell you. Um, 
with Danny and Becky, sometimes people that have worked together for a while do start to get on each other's nerves. Like, they're little habits that they pick up over time and start to egg. But I think at that point, it's just like, okay, if you can't solve this problem, you need to have a third party come in and sit down and try to help you resolve it. Because, again, they're TV show personalities and you need to be able to have chemistry and work together well. If that shows the passive-aggressiveness shows on screen, it's not going to look good. Your audience is going to turn away from you. It's just, you got to project positivity. Granted, everyone knows not everyone's going to be happy 24-7. It's just not humanly possible. If it is, then I want to... <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So... So, as I said, when I was going to finish the third and final episode, who has the strongest friendship, Joey and Jesse, or DJ and Kimmy, Jesse and Pete? First place, I'm giving it to DJ and Kimmy. They have had fights and arguments where they've said, we're not friends anymore, and they always get back together. DJ... In Fuller House, her husband passed. She had her three boys to take care of. And Kimmy moved herself and her daughter into the Tanner House without a hesitation. And it worked out great. And then, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the end of Fuller House, Kimmy and Stephanie end up staying in the house. They don't want to leave. It's like, no, it's just... I think when you're so, it's so ingrained in you and you're so comfortable with who you're living with that you don't want to go separate ways. You're like, I like where this is, this is a great system we got going, let's just keep doing what we're doing. Like, this clearly works. I don't want to rock the boat with that. So, second place, Joey and Jesse. You know, they started out. Those people, they, they knew each other through Danny, but they didn't start becoming, like, friend-friends, I think, until they started partnering in the ad agency and the radio show and everything like that. So, that's why they're in second place. They haven't really had any huge fallouts where, like, we're not going to live in the, under the same roof anymore and this and that. And, of course, in third place... Jesse and Pete, and I put them in third place because, again, this is a friendship we saw once and, and never again. It's just a friendship that you're still friends with this person, even though you haven't seen them in years, and it, yeah. I mean, if we had devoted more time to this friendship, maybe, but still, you got your mainstays with DJ and Kimmy and Jesse and Joey. You see their their friendship constantly displayed on screen, so yeah. Alright, so now that we have finished the Best Friends series for the month of September, I'm going to tell you what series we will be doing in October. I know, it's crazy, right? <laughs> we are almost done with 2023, even though I'm recording this in late June. 
All right, I got my schedule here. Here we go. Jesse and Joey duo career journey series. We have season two's Jingle Hell. We have season two's Working, I believe Working Mothers is also season two. I could be wrong. Season four's The IQ Man, and then season six's Radio Days. If you want to know the last two series I'll be doing for the end of the year, we have in November, Joey's Comedy Career Journey series. We have, but seriously, folks, we have Star Search, Joey Goes Hollywood, The Legend of Ranger Joe, and then finishing out the end of 2023, as well as the podcast, we have Not So Great of Season 8, IMO, meaning in my opinion, everyone has their own. These are just not my favorites of season eight. DJ's Choice, Air Jesse, and Up on the Roof. And then, of course, we round out the end of 2023 with the completion of the Full House series with podcast finale. (laughs) Well, maybe I shouldn't call it a podcast finale because it, it will continue on with Fuller House in January 2024. We'll have Michelle Rides Again, parts one and two. Yeah. And then, like I said, in January, we are going to be kicking off the rest of the episodes I didn't cover of Fuller House. And then towards the end of the year, probably in December, November, December, I will release a mini-sode of the schedule for the episodes of Fuller House that I will be covering. So look forward to that. All right. Have a good rest of September, and I'll be back in October. If you guys want to email, everyone, want, anyone wants to email the podcast, you can do so at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to and you haven't yet, you can also put a review up on iTunes. All five-star reviews do help the podcast get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves. All right. Bye-bye, everyone.